Welcome to Starting Blank. For many 20-year-olds, they're going into their junior year of college, but not for this guest. He has already been featured in Forbes, Yahoo, and NBC for making waves in the social media space, working with some of the top celebrities in the world. He's worked with celebrities like Kevin Hart, Snoop Dogg, DaBaby, Lil Yachty, and more. But it didn't start like this, and on this episode, we're going to learn how he got to where he is today and the advice he would tell his younger self. So welcome to the show, Luke Lentz. Damn, thanks for having me on, man. <laughs> Dude, super pumped to sit down and chat with you uh, for these next few minutes here. So really to start things off, from a, from a high-level 20-foot view, um, how would you describe your life of what you like to do on your free time, what you do professionally, personally, and really just if someone asked you in a few sentences, what do you do? Yeah. So what I do right now is I basically run online companies. So every single company that we run, it's all online. Most of it has to do with social media. And uh, yeah, so basically I run Hikey Technology Inc. This is an e-commerce company that uh, was our first company that we started. This uh, was back in 2016. Then we flip-flopped into a social media agency called Hikey Agency. And so that's where we're working on personal brands. So we're working on developing the most elite personal brands in the game. So we do social media marketing, press management, a lot of that just encompassing elite, elite brand presence for personal brands. And then we flip-flopped into High Key Clout, which is probably our biggest one right now where we're dealing with influencers and that's specifically a celebrity giveaway company. So the objective of that is for us to partner up with celebrity, celebrity influencers, people like Kevin Hart, the baby, those types of people that you're listing off and to gain our giveaway sponsors, a large amount of social media following. So that, that, that's kind of in a nutshell in terms of like day-to-day -day life. I, I don't know, like I, I work like 12, 14 hour days. Like we're, we're on this podcast right now, 7 p.m. Like <laughs> this is what I do for fun, man. So uh, I, I guess other things are like, uh, I like basketball a lot. I've played basketball ever since I was a, a young kid. Uh, and, you know, I, I like partying every once in a while. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, absolutely. And you have a crazy story. You're also young. So I'm, I'm 20 years old. You're 20 years old. And you've accomplished quite a bit, I would say, in these uh, short 20 years on this planet. But with so much accomplishment comes definite learning lessons along the way. Failures, uh, just overall lessons learned. Like I, I don't view them as failures. I, I doubt you view them as failures and you more so view them as just, yo, I, maybe I messed up at this time, but this is what I've learned from it. This is how fast we've moved past it. And this is, this is the lessons I've uh, taken from those quote unquote failures or what other people would classify uh, those failures at. So let's dive into that right away. So right off the top of your head, what's like that main um, kind of like main quote unquote failure that, uh, that you've experienced in the past or what's like the main lesson learned that you wish you knew first jumping into this business world at roughly 15, 16 years old? Yeah. So I'll do, I'll take that as like a two part question. Um, I, I've only recently reflected back on this, on all my major failures. I've had a lot of failures and we can get into it, but, uh, I, I've recently reflected back and counted failures as basically chalking it up as that dollar value of whatever I lost that was because of that failure as basically my tuition 
into business. So I never, I never went to university. So I, I didn't have that tuition. I didn't have to pay for schooling. So basically all my failures was basically just jumpstarting that. And instead of going to school, I paid for that. And that mindset changed me a lot. And th that's why I'm telling all my employees now, they constantly make mistakes. And I tell them that making a mistake isn't bad as long as you learn for it, from it. Um, the thing that's stupid is when you make the same mistake twice. So that's all I've been trying to do is never make the same mistake twice. I'm fine with making mistakes, fine with making big failures because just makes things easier and you learn learn a lot from it. Uh, my biggest failure uh, was with our first company, High Key Technology Inc. And uh, I, I don't even know if I've ever said this before. Like I, I made me said this one time about this failure, but uh, basically we were changing our product. So we had a winning product, so to speak, in like the e-commerce world, which was our wireless earbuds. We started with that in 2016 and we ran with that for about a year and a half. We scaled just wireless earbuds on our business to seven figures alone, just with that in a year and a half. And so what happened was we were like, okay, well, how can we like horizontally scale this with different products? So we started implementing new products and we started getting trigger happy with these new products that we didn't test in the marketplace. So it was specifically our charging backpack. We over, we over ordered them. Uh, we spent so much time and so much effort into creating the samples that we were so time invested into it. And these backpacks, they were sick, man. They were awesome. Like I, I, I wanted to rep them. And so I was like, everybody else will want to rep them. And so we overbought a lot. Uh, it turned into a big nightmare with shipping. Uh, a lot of things that we didn't account for because the shipping size of the backpack was much larger than the shipping size of earbuds. Basically like that, that in itself was like $20,000, $30,000 not expected. Uh, warehousing fees of these larger items were much more than the earbuds. It, it basically came out to like, we hired an account during this time too. And it came out to about $150,000 air, uh, just starting out in business, wiped out all of our profit from the million dollars in sales. And uh, we basically were at square, square one, like after two years. And that was a, that was a hard pill to swallow. And when did, when did you launch uh, high key tech with the wireless earbuds? You were still in high school, weren't you? Yeah. yeah. So th that was, that was going into grade 11 and uh, grade 11 in high school. And uh, yeah, yeah, launched, launched the wireless earbuds and launched high key tech. Yeah, so not a lot of juniors, what would be juniors in high school can say they've scaled a seven figure business, then uh, made a six grand or a six figure mistake um, the following year pretty much. But that's, that's an awesome lesson you've learned. And I guess going back to uh, what you said earlier about like reflecting back on these failures, you've never really viewed them like this. And you've always viewed them as your tuition essentially. And uh, I personally didn't go to university as well. So that's exactly how I've, how I viewed it. It's like, okay, if someone's willing to pay 50, 60, 70 grand uh, going to university, why wouldn't I pay 50, 60, 70 grand of money I've made along the process into investing that into myself and my products or my business or finding what works and like what I like to do. So I guess what, is there anything that you like tactically did to like change that mindset? Do you remember any like conversations or was it kind of just like a gradual shift over time of like, Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm spending a lot of money. I'm losing a lot of money. I'm making a lot of money. And that whole process is just a, a huge learning process. So was there any point in time that, you reflect back and you made that shift? 
Yeah, yeah. It was um, it was when I got heavy into journaling. I got heavy into journaling two years ago, and basically what I did was um, I, I just whatever ran through my mind. A lot of thoughts run through my mind. I'm not sure about you, but a lot of thoughts run through my mind every day, and I just try and capture every single good thought on paper. There's something about writing down with a pen and paper, like your thoughts just flow and they just keep coming out, and it, it's it's really amazing. And uh, yeah, yeah, like with, with those failures, I they kind of just came together. They kind of just came together. And I was, uh, I was saying like, for example, with the high key tech failure, how I drew that up is after I really dug into it, that entire failure, um, I saw where it led us. So for example, where, where it exactly led us was we made such a big failure. We were at square one. And so we were at square one with a product-based business. Now this is a type of business, product-based business. You need to have other capital. Like you, you're not taking any money out of a product-based business. Like there's no money coming out, even if you're making a profit. Like you got to reinvest into new products, R and D, that type of thing. And so we were at square one with a product-based business, living in our dad's basement. Like it was, it, it was pretty horrible. Uh, even though, like in the grand scheme of things, it was absolutely nothing. My mindset wasn't like that back then, though. And so how after drawing it up, like in retrospect, like now, um, I realized that we would have never started up things like high key agency and high key clout if it wasn't for those mistakes, because it was going so well at the time. And these businesses that we've started up since then have grown so much bigger than high key tech probably could have ever gone. Really? So you, you really took what you learned because again like digging just deeper into into your story like i guess what what caused you to outside of literally just a lack of money because of the mistake you made like a lot of people go out and make seven figures or something and say like yo i'm on top of the world like this is awesome um and they go out and blow that like i guess with you with you and jordan or anyone else involved like what were the conversations you were having when like okay revenue is coming in the door you're scaling this company super quick in high school but you're still living with your parents you're still um investing pretty much every every dollar back into the company and figuring out a way uh to make things work like what was kind of just like going through your mind or what were like high level conversations you were having with uh with the closest people around you yeah. So uh, again, two part question. So what, what, one, the types of uh, conversations that we were having was my business partners always broke down types of conversations into basically three hierarchies of conversations. So uh, base level people, what they talk about is they talk about other people, which is kind of like gossip type thing. I never talk about other people. I, I try and stray away at, from all talk about that because I don't, I don't really care. Um, it's, it's like very low level talk. It doesn't lead anywhere. The other thing, the, the second hierarchy is talking about things to do, places to go. Uh, that, that's the second hierarchy because you're actually like planning, starting to plan out stuff. Um, and then the third hierarchy is where I spent most of my time always. And that was with my business partners because that's who I spent the majority of my time with. And we were talking about ideas. So just ideas for the future ideas of like, developing yourselves personally, business-wise, that sort of thing. Um, and, and yeah, I, I really took that model to heart. And like, I, I try and always like in every single one of my conversations, like this is ideas, like we're spitting off ideas r r right now, which is what I love. Like I think about things that I never would have thought about if I wasn't talking about it. I, I love that so much. Um, 
And then I guess like transitioning uh, from that into kind of like that second to third piece of um, advice you wish you knew. So really that first one was like kind of looking at, uh, looking at these failures as like a tuition of like, yo, I'm going to just learn from these failures. Uh, was there like a second like prominent uh, little like learning lesson that you've learned along the way that you're like, damn, I wish I knew that uh, when you were starting high key, high key tech or anything uh, during that time? Yeah, it, it probably would have been, um, it probably would have been honestly journaling, man, and goal setting. Mm -hmm. Like I started out with, I started out with uh, reading the book, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That's what got me into business. Like most people, honestly, like I feel that book has switched so many people. I wish I read uh, the book, Think and Grow Rich, right mm -hmm. when I started. But if you read Think and Grow Rich without the right mindset, you won't get the value out of it. So, um, there, there's a bunch of other books like that and stuff too, but what that got me to do was it got me to make just extreme goals that just almost seem like outlandish to anyone else. And even outlandish to me, when I look at it, like it makes me feel uncomfortable writing it down like a 10 year, 25 year goal like that. And just writing that down and breaking down the milestones back like that. Uh, like for example, when I started out the first two years, I didn't have really any goals in mind. I was just trying to, uh, make a profit and expand. Like I didn't have any specific goals and that's kind of where, where we messed up. So mm -hmm. to speak, like if I had those goals down, I guarantee we would have, uh, never made that backpack mistake. So to speak, we would have stayed with our hitting product type thing. Mm -hmm. And how do you, um, cause a lot of people, um, set goals, but they never achieve them or they never really map out. Hey, how do I reverse engineer these goals? Are these goals even big enough? Are these kind of just lazy goals of like, Oh yeah, I make goals here and there and wrote them down on a post-it note and forgot about them. Like, I guess, how do you go about goals and what some like tactical piece of advice you give uh, the listeners for goal setting in general? Yeah. So goal setting, I absolutely love. I'm, I'm doing it constantly. Like I have uh, like right here, I'm, I'm not sure if people are looking at a video here, but I have this 90 day journal right here. And mm -hmm. so like this is by my desk, this is by my bed every single day. So what this has is this was actually wrote by my previous business partner. He, he, he's passed away, but uh, that, that was sad. But like he, he created something of things that were absolutely amazing. So he created 90 day goals. So the three, three of your biggest 90 day goals are right here. And then there's a section for your weekly goals that breaks it down day by day. And then there's a section for your daily goals every single day. So this is literally like just a goal setting like gem. So this is your 90 day goals, completely compacted, where it breaks down your 90 goals, 90 day goals into weekly goals, and then even into daily goals. So it basically does it for you. You just need to put the pen on the paper and know exactly where you want to go. Then there's this other thing that's called your best self binder. So this is like another thing that he created. And basically that's like just going over your like entire plan that's like 10 year 25 year goals that's like exactly where you want to go to your mission your purpose that sort of thing in terms of like goal setting what i've what i've learned um is that you need to have a very clear and concise goal uh you need to be able to break it down to milestones you need to have an exact time frame associated with that goal and then you need to be able to quantify giving up something to reach that goal because there always has to be something to give up. Like you can't, nothing's free in this world. 
No, that's, that's awesome. I guess going, um, would you feel comfortable like sharing some, maybe I, I think this would be cool. Um, sharing like a, a goal you've made in the past where now you look back and like, that's a stupid goal or like you were just looking at goal setting and in a completely different way than you are now, because even the, the habit and the, uh, the tactics of setting goals, that is something you can improve on. You can set better goals and exactly what you said. They can be uh, more specific, like everything. Like I've never actually thought about like, okay, here's a goal. Here's what I need to give up to get there. Like that's an awesome piece of advice. So is, was there anything, any like goals you set that you remember in the past that you're like, Ooh, I was not setting like just solid goals back then. See, 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 this was the beauty of, uh, I've been journaling for the past two and a half years. So I, I have these 90 day journals. Like I have about like 12 of them stacked up with all of my, with all of my past goals. And I actually like three weeks ago, I just looked through, uh, some of them and yeah, <laughs> they were pretty funny. Like reflecting back on it, it's pretty crazy. Not that's just two and a half years. Like I'm thinking about uh, like where my goals are in terms of like 25, 10 years. Like I know for a fact, I'm going to become a billionaire uh, at, at some point in my lifetime. I have it down as my 25 year goal. Um, I'm going to buy a private jet on, on my 30th birthday. So that's a 10 year goal right there. Um, uh, I'm going to build the number one personal branding agency in the world and the number one giveaway company in the world. So those are some of my goals. And then uh, things that I looked back on that were just like hilarious is uh, two, two years ago, I wrote a 90 day goal to hire my first employee. And in that 90 days, uh, we scaled up. And then I broke down how, how I can hire that first employee, like a dollar value I need to be bring in revenue wise each month to be able to quantify that. And then uh, within within that 90 days, we scaled up so much that I, I hired three employees in that, in that 90 days. So like it wasn't even close. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's, that's what I love to hear. Yeah, um, yeah man. Goal, goal setting is huge and kind of transitioning again, kind of having these rapid fire um, going into really like that third piece of piece of advice or something that you know now that you wish you knew back then. So number one, to reiterate, we got uh, just looking at failure, like your, your tuition, like, yo, I'm just paying my dues to the game, if you will, uh, game of entrepreneurship, the game of business. Uh, number two is just journaling and goal setting. Uh, what's that like third piece of advice you would give uh, your, your younger self? Uh, is this for business owners? Because like Anything. this, okay. Okay. Uh, my third piece of advice would be uh, start a service-based business. Mm. Yeah, I, I would I would not start a product-based business again. Um, uh, product-based businesses are good for people who have capital already. Like I know for like the only reason I'm still running my product-based business right now is because I know I'll want it in the future. And I know if I, I like, for example, closed it down, I would be starting one up in like five, 10 years. Mm -hmm. So I might as well just keep it running. Um, Service-based businesses are just so much better. Uh, you learn way more. Um, uh, you're hands-on, you're using clients. Uh, um, it's a direct, like you're getting paid for the skills that you're worth. 
it, there's just so many different aspects to it. Like you can actually work in your own salary into a service-based business easily because you don't have to do heavy of invest reinvesting into like, for example, products and stuff and like, uh, and like new products, designing that sort of thing. Like it's basically just like, it's very easy where it's just your, your own work and then your employees work and what's that value in the marketplace. Yeah, that's super interesting. And I've actually never heard, and from someone being in the service-based business, I've never heard someone that has launched a product-based business and a service-based business and said, yo, start the service-based business first. Um, Outside of capital and kind of, like you said, relating it, like in a service-based business, your clients are buying you and the relationship and your actual skill set and the team skill set. So it's, uh, I think you definitely have more flexibility as far as uh, day-to-day operations, but also the direction you want to take the company because uh, relationships are malleable. Relationships are, uh, allow us to have conversations like this really centered around our businesses and this will help both of us grow. So I guess like digging into service-based businesses, why? Like, Outside of, I, yeah, I guess outside of just like relationships, like why do you love a service-based business so much? So comparing it to like the product-based business, um, I'm a branding guy. So I would never start up something like drop shipping, for example. Um, it, we never did drop shipping right off the bat. If anybody doesn't know what drop shipping is, it's basically where you're the middleman in a transaction and you're basically... Uh, you don't hold any inventory. You're selling products that are already manufactured, usually in China. And basically when a customer comes to your site and buys a product, you're basically taking that order, purchasing it with a supplier in China, and they're shipping it directly to your customer. So um, there's no branding in that. Like you don't have brand on your product. You don't even control the shipping and stuff. So there's no control there. Um, I would never do that. And we never started with that. We started with white labeling where we bulk produced uh, product and then slapped our logo on it at the very least. Um, and, and like, that's expensive. That's expensive. Like you got bulk produced and stuff. And so th- that, that comes back to the branding side of things where uh, that's why that, that's like capital intensive. The reason I like service-based business, man, is because you can scale hard. Like we've only been doing a service-based business for two years. And like where, where, we're, where we're at right now, like I, I can't even, I can't even believe. Like we've only been doing high key clout for, it, it's technically, under a year right now. And we've worked with DeBaby, Trippy Red, Bella Thorne, Kevin Hart. Um, we have a Snoop Dogg giveaway coming up. Uh, we've done Bad Baby giveaway. Like uh, we're working on like some of the biggest names right now. Like never, never could I quantify that. And uh, building up a product-based business to that size, like that, that, that's, that's tough right now. That's tough right now. Like that's like, that's like Gymshark level and Gymshark did some amazing stuff and was in at the exact right time. They were, they were about like three years before us, uh, starting our product-based business, which is just when influencer marketing on Instagram was popping. And so there, there were a lot more opportunities. 
No, I, I feel that. And, um, like I, I've thought about launching my own product based business, but I've just always been service based because I've always loved the, loved the relationship aspect because, um, for anyone listening out there, like this is, this audience definitely skews younger. It is the quickest way to make those relationships. And especially what you're doing with celebrity giveaways, like, uh, with, with my business, I kind of just reverse engineered. Okay. Like here, what are the top entrepreneurs or like celebrities in the world? Like the Gary V, um, type dudes, Tom Billy type dudes. Okay. How can I get to that level or just like have those level people be in my network as quick as possible? Oh, provide a service they fucking need and just reverse engineer and just like climb up the ladder to get there. So that's, that's why I'm in, in service. Talk about, I want you to talk about scaling a service-based business because that's also a problem I've heard a lot of people talk about is that service-based businesses are not scalable and that's why people want to launch a product-based business. Go into that on how you've uh, really been able to scale, uh, scale Heike Clout and your uh, Heike agency to the levels they're at now only in a couple of years. Yeah, so definitely the scale aspect has probably been the biggest trouble with us. Um, and that's definitely what's like capping out our scale right now, even though we've scaled to the level that we are right now. Um, getting to that next level is, is mainly going to be about hiring, hiring people. Um, getting, up until, getting up to this point has definitely been um, a lot of work with my partner, where he's also my brother too. And he is just a killer salesperson. So, which has been beautiful because we've been able to bring in enough revenue with just him selling where we haven't had to build out, build a sales team yet. So we've just been having, we've just been in the stages over the past two years of working with hiring the right management team. So we've been working with how we've scaled out our team is basically we have, uh, it's kind of similar to your business after we were talking about for a bit, we, we had contractors originally started. So we started out with contractors because we didn't want to have any heavy com commitments with employees. So that was base level, hire people on like Upworks Fiverr, that sort of thing, um, where you're paying based on per project, not based on per hour. So you can directly associate the cost of what they're doing with how much money is being brought in. Very easy, impossible to scale that method, like nearly like to extreme extremely high level. So that's when we start bringing in in-house managers. So we, we have uh, several in-house managers now that are full-time employees started with one where I got him to basically do my job of managing all the contractors. And then I oversee it and started up the other business high key cloud. So that's kind of like how I had time for that. And then it just got to where we were bringing in more sales Able to, able to hire more contractors, uh, switch out contractors for better contractors, therefore having better work and hiring more managers. And probably the most key aspect of all of it was hiring the right managers. Hiring managers with, this is the thing I mainly look for when I hire people. And uh, it's like, it's work ethic. And then it's a factor of like resilience and grit. It's, it, it's something very few people have and it, it, it's where uh, problems are like very minuscule to them because uh, it's usually when they have like a hard past. 
people who have had a hard past are usually business owners and stuff, people who are very successful people in life because uh, they're able to go through life, go through everyday life problems like it's nothing because they've just had so much heartache in the past. Yeah, kind of transitioning from that uh, into like how you structure your day to day, because I know uh, we're doing this at around 7, 7.30 p.m. Um, and this is kind of just at the end, middle to end of, of our days. And that's pretty common for a lot of entrepreneurs. You said you work 12, 13, 15 hour days. Um, how do you find, uh, I guess, a, I don't like to say find a balance, but how do you find a counterbalance between working on your business with uh, working on kind of like your personal brand, but then also like self-development and then the relationships around you, whether that's working out, whether it's family relationships, intimate relationships, like how do you kind of just find all of those alignments in life? So I focus on what I'm best at. And what I'm best at is I'm the best manager. So I'm a really good manager. I'm really good at, uh, at communicating with a team and building up a team, uh, setting up a structure where like there's there's something to look for that there's that everybody is reaching their own goals. I, I, I'm I'm good with people in that sort of speak. So I mainly focus on that, and I hire, delegate, and get coaches for whatever I'm not good at. So for example, in my personal life, I work out and I've been working out for the past six years, but I was getting to a point of where I was very lacking, and I noticed that. I was, I was, especially during this COVID time of like February, February to March, I started working out only like once a week when I was before working out like five times a week. I'm like, okay, a major change needs to happen here. I'm not feeling good about myself personally. So I went out uh, to all my connections and I asked who's the best trainer that you know locally. I got a, a fitness trainer and we're actually doing social media services for him. So that trainer's free right now. And so he's an absolutely unbelievable trainer. This dude is amazing and it's all he does. So I basically now have all the knowledge that he has in the fitness realm. And he coaches me on that in terms of like diet and stuff. And it's just taken care of now. And so like that, that that's kind of what I'm looking for in every area of my life. Like I, I use, uh, like I'm maybe getting an assistant. That's going to be the next thing. That's going to be like really good to help, uh, help delegate tasks. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's kind of what I do. Like I just delegate what I'm not good at and I know what I'm not good at. I love that, man. And I think that's, that's definitely like the first step to scale is to let go of some responsibility. And I see so, especially in the creative realm, uh, if you're talking video photo, like so many creators never I guess, put on the cap of an entrepreneur, of an actual business owner of, okay, how do I scale my skill set? Because they're so fixed on being the creator and like needing a hand in everything um, that they won't let go of control. So um, props to you. Like that's, that's awesome. Um, delegating stuff like outside of just business. And I think it's a great example of, okay, you saw you uh, yourself lacking in the fitness area. Um, okay. How can I fix that? You go out and delegate. And that's, I think uh, an awesome example. Um, so outside of again, reiterating what we, what we've gone through for the listeners, um, tuition, uh, looking at any of the failures, like you're paying dues to the game, game of entrepreneurship. Number two is journaling, setting goals. Number three, uh, launch a service-based business instead of a product-based business. If you are looking to start your own business, um, do you have any, any more tips? I, I would imagine the list goes on and on, but what's that, what's kind of that, that like fourth, fifth piece of, um, advice that you might not talk about in every 
day-to-day conversations, but really thinking back to it, you're like, damn, I really wish I knew this, uh, starting, uh, Man, starting my business. This will give a ton of value. Um, I think this is probably a large piece of value that I could do because I spent a lot of time figuring this out. Um, I'm going to go through exactly the applications that we use to manage our entire business. And like, I spent so much time figuring out that these were the best applications. So first off, Google Calendar. If you are not using Google Calendar, you are messing up. Every single business person who's high level and any single assistant that is working with a high level person, they're using Google Calendar. It's the easiest way to send invites via an email. You can easily accept it. Just start using uh, Google Calendar and start planning out every single portion of the day every single portion. Like I, I plan out like all the meetings, I plan out everything. And even with that, I'm late, but like <laughs> better. And then uh, getting a journal immediately, getting a journal, start writing down goals. That's a huge thing. Uh, start writing down your 90 day. Even if you don't get a journal like this, just start writing down 90 day goals and breaking it down into weekly goals and daily goals. And then what you have to do is on a daily basis, writing down your top three tasks that you have to get done in the day making sure you get done those top three tasks and then afterwards putting less pressure on yourself and just being like, listen, I've accomplished these things. Uh, Let's look at the grand scheme of things. Um, The next, uh, we use Basecamp for all of our task management software. Uh, I I know you use a different task management software, but (laughs) Basecamp has been our bread and butter. We've used every single task management software and I've gone deep into it where I've invested a lot of time into things like Asana, Monday.com, Later, uh, is Later one? I think so. Later's one, uh, Trello. I think Trello does like social media and stuff, but it doesn't even compare. Basecamp is the one for social media businesses. So much customization. They're only getting better with their stuff. Uh, I'm actually trying to uh, manage their marketing. So a uh, slight plug here, but <laughs> uh, the, then we got a CRM. Uh, CRM, you don't really need, uh, that's customer relationship management. So that's like a software where you, uh, where, where you need it when you're starting to like really get heavy into managing all of your sales and your sales pipeline. I personally don't believe you need it right off the bat. I think that's when you get to an air, uh, an area of like massive scale. We don't even really use our CRM that much because most of the stuff that we do is just relationship based. And it's like, it's like over text message and like Instagram DM and like a lot of that can't be tracked in a CRM. Uh, CRM is usually just like mainly email and uh, a lot of business isn't even done on email. Like 90% of uh, our business is brought in through just Instagram DM uh, alone. Mm -hmm. And so uh, what other applications do we have? Those are some pretty solid ones. Like those took me a while to figure out. G Suite, getting a G Suite account, uh, using Google Drive for all organization of things. Because if you're using Google Calendar, might as well just go all Google instead of doing like Dropbox type thing. Just having Google Drive be your main source of like any video picture, uh, that sort of thing. Right off the bat, getting organized in every area. So using Google Drive for things like your accounting and stuff and making sure everything is fully organized, separating into month by month and then separating into the year, that sort of thing, uploading every single uh, document that you have, man, that, that, <laughs> that, that's pretty solid stuff. And I can promise you guys, this is not any paid advertisements of any of those companies want to pay me. Google hit my line. This is 
face. <laughs> yo, yo, they're probably gonna get downloads, man, from it. Like, yeah, they, they, right. We're gonna drive stuff. millions of dollars in into their business, into Google's pockets from this standalone podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Like getting getting organized is so massive. Um, do you use QuickBooks at all? For yeah, we do. Accounting stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, getting getting started like get your finances in order get your management in order whether you're a solopreneur and just starting off single dude um single dude or girl uh you have a partner like getting organized from the start is just so much easier than okay getting a year into it two years into it and having everything scattered around and then needing to kind of like reverse and reorganize everything because you didn't take those steps uh at the beginning Get organized, people. It will save you so much time, so much stress, and so many headaches. Um, outside of getting organized, uh, we are wrapping up towards the end of this podcast, which is insane because it feels like we've been talking for like three minutes here. Um, what's, what's that last little uh, tidbit of, of advice you would, you would give your younger self that you really haven't mentioned and uh, maybe you haven't thought about for a little bit? Yeah, so I would hire a coach. Or uh, I would say find a mentor, but that's hard because usually mentors are attracted. Like mentors, like the essence of a mentor is that you don't pay for it. So it's usually somebody that wants to go out of their way that's higher level than you to help you. You can't really ask for it. You would have to do like a value proposition. Like for example, the person on Gary V's team, he, he, he reached out to him and asked for, uh, to film him for absolutely free just so that he could be around him. That's a huge move huge move to do things like that where you're just offering your value you're offering your time and your services for free to a higher level person to show them what you're worth because in the in the beginning like quite honestly like you're worth nothing like your value is zero so might as well offer it for free and get that advice um uh yeah and if you can't do that and you can't get a mentor i would hire a coach i would literally take as much money as you can and literally just throw it down on, on a coach, find somebody who's like right in terms of like your area of business, finding out somebody who is, is doing exactly what you wanna do and just hiring them and uh, giving them all the advice, helping you along the way type thing. It, it, it'd be unbelievable. Like we wouldn't, we would have never made that backpack mistake. We would have never made our countless other mistakes. Like for example, we started, we're in Canada. So we have a bit of a different corporate structure here. We have sole proprietorships, which is basically you own a business by yourself, a partnership where it's basically a sole proprietor, but with multiple people and then a corporation. So nobody told us which one to start. And we started with a partnership, which basically for any online business is just the stupidest thing that you could do. Like a partnership is like basically like localized. It's in like, it, it's in like a specific province or like state, so to speak. And uh, it's just like the crappiest thing to do. So we started with that. We didn't have our accounting in order. And then a year later, uh, we had to switch it into a corporation to make more sense with everything. We, we dropped like $20,000 on like rollover uh, documentation for that and getting our accounting in order. And just like that could have been paid up front by a coach and just never had that. Save yourself money, kids. Listen, <laughs> listen to the man talking. Um, so as we, as we wrap up, is there really any last pieces of, of advice or um, thoughts you have? Any, anything going on in the world that you want to touch on? Um, 
happy 2020. This has been one of the most interesting years, I think, of our uh, humble 20 years of existence on this planet. Um, by, by no surprise, the world is, is in chaos right now. How are you really uh, handling everything? Like, is there, is there anything changing like day to day? I know you're, you're all online, obviously. So from a pandemic standpoint, obviously travel is limited, but that shouldn't really affect your, your travel business too much. Um, kind of just walk me through how are you kind of handling everything day to day and what shifts or uh, opportunities of growth have you seen over these past uh, few months? Yeah, so right at the right at the start of this all going down in February, we obviously had a a bunch of our smaller clients drop off because they just couldn't support it. They knew where things were headed, so they dropped off. That obviously hurt a bit. Um, and the hardest part, hardest part of all of this time has been we were getting into the rhythm of uh, traveling like uh, once every two weeks uh, to the states, mainly Florida and uh, California, Los Angeles and Miami, uh, that sort of thing. And what we were doing there is we were connecting with all the influencers that we were paying for our Hikey Club giveaways. And so that was a massive brand opportunity for us because we were able to do things like vlog that experience of being with the influencers, paying influencers cash, like things that like, never never really get done by by like people our age and then uh taking pictures with these influencers and like just spending the day with them and that completely got shut down just when we were getting rolling with that so i'm just really eager to get back into that because that's gonna be that's gonna be some sick content in itself uh yeah, yeah but day to day uh it's been it's been easier to crank out uh, fourteen hour days because there's nothing else to do. You you probably have the same type of thing like, <laughs> especially during like the mid like February to like April like there was nothing else to do. It's like yeah. why would you do anything else instead of work on your future? And when this is all over, you come out bowling like that. that, that that's what we're trying to get to. Exactly, I dude, I could not agree more that like. <laughs> It was perfect. So I moved into a new apartment literally the day before uh, quarantine and like the full on shutdown happened in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, so literally moved in on like March 19th, shutdown happened March 20th. And I'm like, wow, oh, got in. And now I'm like, I'm chilling. Like I, I have a space to work home office. Like it's, it's helped so much. Um, that goes into an environment talking like, whole nother podcast for that whole other podcast. we'll do podcast round two in, in the in the future maybe uh loop sure. jordan in on on that one but uh yeah man you're you're crushing social thanks for taking the time to uh to chat here uh, you have a super inspiring story and i think a lot of people can learn from from your mistakes but also from your successes and your achievements like i do not want to want this podcast episode to undermine how insane uh, your growth has been and how quickly you've, you've grown and you've really been tapped in and connected to some of the top celebrities in the world. Again, Kevin Hart, Snoop Dogg, DaBaby, Lil Yachty, and the list goes on and on. And you uh, have no signs of slowing down anytime soon. So I'm super pumped to watch your growth. So for anyone out there wanting to kind of follow your journey and see what you're up to, where can they find you? Yeah, so they can find me on Instagram at Luke Lintz, uh, L-U-K-E-L-I-N-T-Z or Z. Uh, and then 
at pretty much every single other channel is like that. I'm on LinkedIn every once in a while. Just start up a TikTok channel, man. That that got verified immediately. It. So I've seen it. <laughs> nice. I just posted like six videos there where all it is is like me replying to comments. How are you verified? Because I'm verified with like 500 followers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then uh yeah, yeah our our giveaway account right now is uh at high key agency h-i-g-h-k-e-y agency on instagram that's where we're giving away like twenty thousand dollars bi-weekly type thing so anybody can answer that yeah man uh definitely follow these dudes follow luke follow the whole high key uh crew for a chance to win some serious cash 20,000 bucks, 50,000 bucks. That's a lot of dough in your pocket. So make sure to follow them, check them out. Um, and that is all for this episode of Starting Blank. If you have liked anything, if you've learned anything, make sure to share it on Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, wherever you post stuff for the internet. And until next time, this is your host, Sam Lister, signing out. And Luke Lintz, thanks for hopping on. Sam, thanks for having me, man.